0: What is up? Welcome back to another episode of the Draft Duo podcast with myself Nolzi and my co-host Jaxi. Hope you all keeping well and you had a good game week. There was actually some very big scores in the draft this week and in normal fantasy. So hopefully you got a piece of that pie if you had some Newcastle players fair play. We're going to continue the podcast as usual. We're going to change it up slightly. We are going to talk about all the injuries that have um, happened over the weekend. Talk about when then players have possible comebacks and if they're in contention. For this week, we're then going to do our usual Tuesday podcast where we look at rotation and statistics of every team. This is going to give you an in-depth overview of how the weekend went and some teams to target. First of all, I want to say thanks to everyone who sent in messages over the week. Last, the last seven days, we've got a lot of positive messages back from people that have been consuming the content either on this, on Twitter or on Instagram. And they were very motivating. They were saying like that they brought in a certain player and it worked out for them or they're top of their league and some of the waivers have been working out. So keep the messages coming if we have helped you in any way, shape or form.
1: It's mostly my tips that have that have gone a long <laughs> way. I don't know about your style of foot. Yeah, no, it's been amazing just looking at the Instagram and Twitter messages and seeing some positive feedback, which is fantastic. Keeps us going. So uh, yeah, if you're getting value from the podcast or the Instagram page, Um, we're going to continue to try to give as much value as possible and we appreciate all the the feedback as well.
0: Yeah, and the feedback based on how the podcast is set up is also very good. I know someone said they enjoyed the longer podcast that gives a better breakdown. In terms of our plan going forward, we're going to continue with the Tuesday episode, Rotation and Statistics. And then on Thursday, we're going to send out our waiver suggestions and hopefully we're trying to add in another podcast on Friday where we give an update on injuries because an awful lot can happen from Tuesday to Saturday players can come back from injuries and we have and we have quotes from managers from press conferences so cup, cup, games, cup games as well, games as well. It's that, I, it's, you'll see that in this episode that, that will play a massive factor in who starts and who plays minutes in the Premier League so yeah if you have any other suggestions and what you find valuable let us know Without further ado, we will go through the injuries from the weekend very quickly that might influence who starts this week. For Arsenal, Martinelli, Trossard both 25%. Probably aren't in contention for game week seven, but will probably be back for game week eight. That might lead to an anketia start again. Rice is also 50% with a back injury. Probably the same. Might make game week seven, but more than likely game week eight. Shade, Maupe, and Ben Mee are injured for Brighton, or Brentford, sorry. Shadi is ruled out with a hip flexor. Maupe is the same. Benmi is at 50%, probably out for game week seven. Pascal Gross for Brighton is at 25% and will miss game week seven, so again probably a game week eight return. Edward game week seven, 75%, so it's a toss up. Unfortunately, I would say a lot of people brought him in after his good performances. Mm. Jack Harrison for Everton is at 25%. I think it's still a bit of lack of match fitness, so. In with a shout for game week seven, probably not in with a start. Dwight McNeil also played very well on the left hand side for Everton, so competition there. Tete is injured, he was at 50%. Robinson was injured last week, so they have Castagna and Robinson, so maybe that actually might unfortunately open the door for Tete to get out of that starting team. For now, I think it's Castagna and Robinson that will start at fullback.
1: Especially with their recent run of clean sheets as well, it'll be hard to drop Castagna after. Exactly, yeah. After a very good run,
0: Trent is at 25% probably miss out in game week 7 again hopefully back for game week 8 Bernardo Silva and Stones at City are 25% probably will be left out of game week 7 depends on City's team I know they've had a couple of injuries and suspensions so they might want to push Stones a bit quicker maybe he's the one with a shout at game week 7 now their defence isn't that short compared to the midfield and forwards so maybe they'll give him another week Mount is at 50%. He's going to go undergo a late fitness test this week, so he could be in with a shout. We've had some issues at the back with United. Maguire, Reguilon and Martinez are all injured. So when we talk about Manchester United, you'll hear what might happen at uh, or with their defence. Barnes sustained an injury, I think it was after 12 minutes, he said. Yeah, 12 minutes, a toe injury. Toe injury, so he's ruled out for game week seven, and I think they're assessing that for the future. And then at Spurs, Madison, 50% knee injury. I think he'll be assessed as well. They'll probably want to get him back as quickly as possible. We know he can be actually injury prone. Hopefully that's not the start for for him at the Spurs career. Johnson is also ruled out with a hamstring injury. I know he's at 75% on fantasy football, but I think they'll monitor that going forward might not start the weekend, I presume they're going to give them another week, especially with a muscle injury like that, they definitely don't want to make it go back too quick mm-hmm. and do further damage. So they're all the players that might affect your team, we will hopefully check in with you back on Friday and see how they have progressed and if any of them are in with a shout for game week 7. So on to our breakdown of the teams and the matches over the weekend. I'm going to start with the first game, well it was 3, 3 o'clock kickoffs. offs and Wolves. So we know that Luton obviously have a double game week in game week seven. So a lot of their players might be hot for this week. A couple of players that started that maybe might have not started throughout the year. Do- do- what do we say his name was? Do- Doughty. Doughty. I think. Doughty started kind of the left um, wing back role. Brown started right wing and Ogbene started left wing. Players that probably missed out on their positions are Giles, Adebayo and Woodrow came in. Um, for all them players we'll go through the minutes in a second obviously our main targets for Luton are Kibora who got an assist and played very well and, and is racking up good statistics at that wing wing back role for Luton he's obviously going to be high on our priorities to bring in if he's on the waiver Bell Burke Lockyer they're all nailed defenders for Luton if you wanted to bring them in Brown and Ogbene obviously now are options number one priority for Luton obviously is Morris I presume he's going to be wavered in majority of leagues if not I'd be getting him in we'll talk about trading in a sec but yeah if if Morris if you have Morris and you're getting a few offers for him for this double game week now he still might do well but in the long term he's at his all-time high value right now I wouldn't be opposed to getting a nice trade over the line for him but when I look at the striker options there's not many so I'd probably be looking for a midfielder for him if you have them, I'd be you'd probably be looking forward to
1: owning them this week. Yeah, because it's only one game week, and you could get you could get a very good striker if you did trade them this week. Um because, yeah. yeah, as you said, you're only missing out on one game week.
0: Yeah, now they have two good fixtures. We'll talk about Burnley's two fixtures. They do have two good game game weeks, but for the likes of Burnley, it's essentially only one because they're playing Newcastle. But anyways, we'll talk about Morris. Obviously he's racking up Serious XG because of his penalties. 1.12 Two shots on target, one off target, hit the post, one big chance missed. So obviously he's the main man for Luton. If you have him, he's going to be very exciting to own this week. Kabore obviously is going to be second on the list um, for targets. As a defender, chance of a clean sheet, but also racking up good XG, um, or XA more than likely. Um, He had also a shot off target. So Kabore looking like a very fruitful player for Luton. The other three kind of punty players for Luton this week could be them three players I mentioned that started. Brown, Ogbene, and Dauhi. (laughs) Um, They all got, sorry, Ogbene got 90 minutes. Brown and Dauhi got whipped after 72. So there is still rotation there and it's a bit of a risk. But if we compare the three of them, Brown had 0.4 XG versus Ogbene 0.44 and Dauhi 0.37. So all fairly similar in terms of XG. Brown one shot on target, one shot off, two blocked. Ogbene one blocked. And had a sofa score rating of 7.6, which was the second highest of Luton. So that might, that might, that showing might get Agbené in the team. And as an Irishman, we want him to do well. <laughs> so I'm going to put Agbené down as a little punt for Luton. Dowé has been rotated a small bit. So he'd probably be third on the list of then three punts for Luton. But yeah, they're all good options to bring in for that double game week. I know you don't want to load up on them, but in the waiver, let's say if you've got two of them in this week and you wanted to let them go next week, well, you're you're, you're racking up them fixtures. And when you play against a person that has a, like three extra fi- fixtures, then yeah, you're always in trouble because even if it's only two points, well, that's six points overall and you know that can be the winning and losing of a game in the draft. If we go on to Wolves, they had a bit of rotation as well, but mainly because them red carrots. There has been a serious amount of red cards in the Premier League this season. They're averaging around 40 yellow cards per game week and so far it's been 2.3 red cards per game week in the Premier League and I think that's down to VAR. If we look at Gusto's challenge as well Ref gave a yellow, VAR brought it back, gave a red so there's going to be an awful lot more red cards and a lot more rotation. Yeah, it's, it's tough to try and avoid the red cards hopefully, maybe, I thought about this during the week, go for a player that's a small bit calmer. You know them hotheads. The likes of Douglas Luiz. Mm. Um, the likes of even Bruno. That might play into it this, this season if they're dishing out red cards. So that actually affected Wolves big time because uh, He Chang, who started, got whipped after 45. As did it Uh Belgarde obviously got the red card. Fabio Silva didn't come on. Now, that is probably because they wanted to go a small bit more defensive with a red card. That red card might open the door for a couple of players to play for Wolves this week. And um, Three players I've noted down that might be in with a shout are Fabio Silva, Doyle and Trioro. So a lot of teams play during the week. We're going to have to monitor them. Wolves don't play so it actually might give us less information on how their team might look. Obviously, best option for Wolves is Neto. Although Wolves have some tough fixtures coming up the next four they play City, Villa and Newcastle with Bournemouth thrown in there so yeah although Neto has been returning he's probably overperforming and if you are getting a good trade for him I wouldn't mind that at all I know he'll probably he was probably nice to own the last three or four game weeks but his trade value is an all-time high so no clear options especially with them poor fixtures coming up only for Neto.
1: Next up we'll look at the Crystal Palace and Fulham game now not much to note about on these two teams They did end up in a nil nil draw um just taking a look at the palace team first is a in terms of draft he'd be the only person i'd be looking at if you you are scraping the bottom of the barrel really if you're looking at any other players john stone in goals he did have five saves so if he is available i'd be looking to get him in they do have some very tough fixtures coming up they've united in the cup and they've united again in the league they have forest who are on form well their strikers are on form at the moment newcastle and then spurs so i wouldn't be looking at palace defenders just based on their fixtures uh, but if you did want to get into their defense in some way john stoning goals uh, we did see jordan iu come back from injury as well he played a full 90 minutes. 0.91 expected goals and 0.59 expected assists. So yeah, not much else to note. Edward is injured. injured. Yeah. So Mateta, he did come on for 20 minutes. You'll probably get the shout this week, will you? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I because they're playing in the cup game, playing against United. If he gets the shout there, we've more, um, more information to analyse him in that game. If he plays well against United in the cup. Maybe more okay. m- more than likely to be playing against tonight than in the league. So Mateta is another one to, if you're listening to this tonight, monitor Mateta in the cup game would also keep you updated on him. Next then, Fulham. So Fulham have a bit more to talk about. This is their second clean sheet in a row since Pelinia has actually come back as well. So it looks like he has settled the ship a bit there. Castagne uh, has come in for, as we mentioned, for Tete. So, personally, I do like Castagne. Last season, he had two goals and four assists. He's a good player to have. I do have an affinity with him because I had him last year. So, if it, he's not available at the moment, could try and get him over in a trade. But if he is available in your league, Castagne. He might be a good option as well as Tim Ream. So, Tim Ream has 25 points in fantasy so far. 0.96 expected goals and he is nailed down as well, played 90 minutes. The reason why I mentioned Ream and Castagna is they have some very good fixtures coming up. They have, Chelsea, uh, well they have Norwich first in the cup and then they have Chelsea and then Sheffield United. The reason why I say Chelsea is Chelsea haven't scored in their last three games and Fulham have kept two clean sheets in their last two games. So that's all I'm basing it off as well. Chelsea, Chelsea some, don't look like scoring.
0: And they have that red card, so it might change their backline a good bit.
1: Yeah, like Sterling has been very wasteful. Jackson is suspended. As you mentioned, there's been so many yellow cards. Jackson has racked up enough now to see him suspended for the next day. Unless Broya comes on and he goes off. Based, based on previous results and how Chelsea's form is, I'd be looking at getting a Fulham defender if possible. Other things to note, then, William actually played the full ninety minutes. So you, decent as well. Yeah, so if you're looking to maybe get some attacking returns from Fulham, William looks more nailed. As we mentioned, they're playing Norwich in the cup as well, so we can monitor how he goes in that game. But as a roundup on Fulham, yeah, if you're looking at Castagne, Ream, and then possibly William, then moving on to City, City
0: versus Forest. City this season, their team is fairly set. Now, it's even more set with a Rodri rig card. As I said, a lot of rig cards influence a lot of team decisions this week. Doku only got the 51 minutes, unfortunately. Alvarez got the 57, as everyone who plays normal fantasy will know. It's unfortunate that Doku got the 51 minutes because I had intended to trade him after this week. I hoped he'd get some sort of a return against Forrest, and with Grealish coming back, his place is probably the biggest one that's up for question. So if you could get Doku over in a trade, mightn't be a bad shout. That 51 goes against him. That 51 minutes is not great on his statistics, unfortunately. But as I said, he's the biggest rotation risk with Grealish. We know that, like I said, Bernardo Silva and De Bruyne and now Rodri suspended. So that team is fairly set in terms of midfield and attackers. The only one is Grealish and Doku. Grealish might get the start after coming back from injury. The possible pickup for City this week is Nunez. Now, I know he got an assist this week, and it's very easy to say it after that, but he played very well. As we said, he's going to be fairly nailed now that Rodri is injured. Kovacic is also carrying a bit of a niggle as well. So, he has has a chance. He had one big chance created and one assist for the game the last week. In terms of City's fixtures, they play Newcastle midweek. Then they play at Wolves, who again look poor enough this season, that might be a good game to target. But in the long term, they play Leipzig, Arsenal, Brighton, then United, so they're they're playing the game on like every three days, average every three days. So although they're fairly set, they are going to be fairly tired. And when inevitably Kovacic and all them boys come back, Bernardo Silva's like a week or two away as we said, Nunez might be rotated slightly. But if you want to keep him for that Wolves game this week, could be a great shout. Onto the Forest team and they have some okay fixtures coming up. They play Brentford, Palace and Luton. Now Brentford don't look as, as look as solid without Henry. Flecking and goals as we mentioned last week is dodgy and Hickey played at left back with Roslev at right back. So Brentford might be a team to attack now although we thought at the start of the season they would be good defensively. They're looking a bit shaky with them injuries and and goal. Some notable omissions from the Nottingham Forest team were Alanga and Callum Hudson-Odoi. Again, Alanga just keeps not getting the start. We always think that he does enough when he comes on to get the start, but if you look at their team, they played fairly defensive. Mangala, Dominguez and Sangare played in that midfield for Forest, so maybe they're going to rotate based on who they're playing. And as we said, there's so many players it's hard to nail one down. I presume Hudson-Odoi will come back in there for Brentford and... As I said, Palace look okay this season, not great. And then Luton, obviously, you want to target. After that, there's three very hard fixtures, so maybe some of these are good in the short term. couple of injuries from there, Tavares, Nuno Tavares got injured and Montiel came on and went right back. Aina went left back, so he looks like a nail player if you're looking for if you're looking for a Nottingham Forest defender that might play out wider as a wing back, Aina, depending on how they play. If Callum Hudson odoi comes in and they play 4 2 3 1, not as good of an option. Wood Anorigi actually came on for like 20 minutes at the end. Obviously, they were trying to get a goal. But we it's very hard to base or understanding of a team when they play City because it's just totally different. But take away from that, Oreo play, played at right centre back. So he looks like a great option sometimes. But if he's playing you know, more central, it takes away from his attack and potential, but overall, Forrest didn't play that bad. Did more shots than City, ten versus City seven, which, you know, is is very surprising. So they're not too bad going forward. They're not as bad as we always make out them to be when we look at their fixtures. So a couple of options from Forrest, but still, you want to be relying on the big boys, Gibbs, White, and Awuni. They're the two
1: most nailed and most probable to return. Yeah, in the first 20 minutes of that game, in the City Forest game, it was men against boys. I'm watching it, I think City had something like over over 150, maybe even 200 passes, and Forest had 20 something passes oh, in the first couple of minutes. So they just and it wasn't until the red card, till Forest kind of came into okay. their own. So that's why Forest got a bit more attacking since Rodri got sent off. Rodri was pulling all the strings. He was unbelievable when he played. It would be very interesting to see what they're like without Rodri now. And Calvin ha- Phillips will step up step up, will he? <laughs> yeah, I it.
0: But he is the heart of that team. It's crazy. So it's be very interesting to see how they're going to get uh, against Wolves. Mm.
1: So moving on, the next game is was Brentford against Everton. Now, Losey did mention Brentford and they are that little bit dodgy at the back. So they did concede three. So they lost 3 1 to Everton. They did play four at the back as opposed to the previous week when they only conceded one goal to Newcastle when they played five at the back. So maybe this is something Brentford will either look at or if it was a tactical thing or is it because Rico Henry is injured? I'm not fully sure as to why they're switching between the four and five at the back. But yeah, we've seen Everton, a team who's not notorious for scoring goals, managed to get three past them with the four. Looking at the team then, so with that who had a great start to the season, hasn't really lived up to the hype in recent games. Um, they do have some good fixtures with Forest, United, Burnley and Chelsea, who I, I do think Brentford will score against these teams. Yeah, But I wouldn't be looking at him um, as such. In like Bomo, obviously, he's the main guy. But I would be looking at Jenson as well. I wonder why, Jackson. Because <laughs> I mentioned him last week <laughs> and because he scored this week. Yeah, so I remember Jackson saying last
0: week that if you want a, a nail player in that Brentford side, Jensen's a great pick. And I think he quoted, like, you get like four or five points per game and he bangs. So yeah. Jensen actually had a fruitful enough year last year in terms of FPL. I think he got like five goals and four assists. So he's not as defensive as people have in their mind. He's one of the most attacking midfielders.
1: Yeah. And he can take free kicks as well. So he's hit two free kicks so far and he's actually scored one. Jensen, if you don't have him, Bomo's on penalties. Get Jensen in. Hood bang, free kick for you. Um, looking at their defence then, Pinnock and Collins both played ninety minutes. If you are looking for a defender, I will be looking at those guys. But as I mentioned last week, Flecken is in goals. I'm like a broken record talking yeah. about him now. But he's the one that's gonna he's gonna cause you not to get points from the Brentford defenders. Last thing to note was I mentioned last week Roslev played for the injured Rico Henry. He was actually whipped after 61 minutes, and Air came on. So now, Rusleva isn't really an option. Never really was much of an option, but he could be rotated with Air now as well. Looking at the Everton team, then they were a lot more exciting than previous weeks and even previous years, I suppose. Yeah, but in
0: fairness, we always said that they're racking up XG, and they're just getting very unlucky. If you're looking at their statistics, they were unlucky. Not, they, I think they hadn't scored. In like three, four games. Yeah, and they were just very
1: unlucky not to score. So this week was the week. This week was the week. They played a four-four-one-one. Watching the game, it looked like four-four-two. Dakure was playing up very high up the pitch. He did manage to bang a goal as well. Unlucky not to get another one. Yeah, very unlucky. Him and Beto are playing very well together. Dakure had a two point zero five expected goals and a zero point three one expected assists. So I have him ranked as number one from the the Everton side, especially with their fixtures coming up. I didn't think I'd mention I'd be looking at Everton because of fixtures. <laughs> I know. I, I would have thought they would have had tough fixtures, but they do have Luton, Bournemouth, and then they have Liverpool and West Ham. So, Kouré,
0: yeah, played for, very for, well. You'd be like to get him in just for two game weeks. Usually waivers, yeah. you know, maybe one game week punt. But if you're looking at a, a fairly available player for two
1: game weeks, it's actually nice to see isn't it yeah um i do have dan juma in my team i will be looking to waiver him out straight swap just for ducure the reason why i mentioned D- dan juma obviously he didn't get the start at the weekend playing that in the formation of 4-4-1-1 as well don't think he'll fit in especially with dcl coming back too he's even more at risk of not getting minutes and jack harrison is coming back to match fitness as well so dan juma unfortunately he had a great cameo which is why i had an affinity for him when he came on but i won't be monitoring him anymore McNeil played well too he got an assist so yeah unfortunately dan juma does fall out of the rankings um, for everton
0: on to burnley another team with a double game week again i mentioned it earlier don't get too overhyped by burnley's double game week now they're a decent side and i think they're actually going to improve in the next couple of game weeks but they're playing Newcastle who are flying it. And even if, you know, Newcastle are playing during the week, which they are, they will still be chomping at the bit. Everyone at Newcastle will want to get on the score sheet like last week so that they can get in the team. So if you take that as even a, a Newcastle win, then they're playing Luton, which is a nice fixture to target by itself. But don't get too overhyped by that double game week, I would say. If you were looking long-term, it's not the worst. Chelsea, then Brentford, Bournemouth and Palace. So not the absolute worst fixtures for Burnley if you got one of these players in and they did well for you. Not the worst decision to keep it. But if we're looking at the players that are options for this double game week, if you want to attack that and increase the number of fixtures you have playing on your team this week, there is a couple of options. And Dooney, we have a question about him later on. But yeah, he looks like he's nailed, especially with Foster, out because of that red card. Hit the post against United, probably should have scored, Played very well, got 73 minutes, 0.47 expected goal involvements, um, one shot off target, hit the post. Colioso, has been playing left wing for Burnley and he's actually been one of the most impressive players for Burnley, hasn't really returned yet but um, he could be a good option to bring in on the wing, he starts most games, he didn't rack up a serious amount of XGI against United but still a very good option and can play ball. The other person is Brownhill. Although he didn't start the season in the Burnley side, he came on and played very well. And played very well in the Championship last year. When he played in a more advanced role, he actually returned pretty well. But then, towards the end of the season, played a bit deeper. He is playing that kind of more advanced role in the Premier League this season. And got a 0.3 expected goal involvement. So, there are three players that might be on the waiver that could be good players to bring in. I wouldn't really be looking at too many defenders because they're playing Newcastle and that honestly could be a zero or one point game for Burnley defenders unless they get some sort of attack on return. But if you are looking at them for the Luton game and hoping that Newcastle don't put too many past them, um, it's a fairly standard back four. Uh, Roberts, Bayer, Al-Bakil and Taylor. They'll probably all be on the waiver if you just want to pick them up for the fixtures. As we said, Burnley aren't the worst attacking team in the league They actually had a higher XG than United last weekend. They had a 1.09 XG for the entire game, whereas United only had a 0.97. They also had the exact same expected assists, 1.26. And they actually had 62% possession against United with 12 shots versus United's 11. So that tells you a bit about both teams. If we look at United... I don't know. I I hate (laughs) having to discuss United. Delighted to get a 1-0 win But struggled against Burnley If you look at their team They have some very good fixtures I think United have some of the best fixtures Over the long term You'd hope so You'd hope And you'd hope they actually Use them to their advantage Problem is that They do play in Europe And, and the Cup They play Palace twice this week During the week And then at the weekend Galatasaray Brentford Sheffield And then Copenhagen Now United are having a couple of players come back. Varane is back, came on. Mount is touch and go, as we said. Amrabat is back and came on. Problem is that we have a lot of injuries in the defence. Um, Reguilon came off injured and is is flagged, so probably won't play. But if he doesn't, I think Lindelof will go left back because I was looking at their team and we really don't have a left back. Lindelof might go left-back Johnny Evans had a man-of-the-match performance With an assist Was he good? Yeah, come in the match <laughs> And uh, he um, he could have nailed down a spot If Lindelof goes left-back Johnny Evans and Varane Who's back could go in the middle Now, I don't know Make of that what you will Like, Lindelof could be dodgy at right Or left-back I've seen him play there before He's fairly shaky Dallow right-back So, United it, There's going to be a rotation how that will affect their defensive capabilities is up for discussion. Other players that might, you know, be options for the United team. Hannibal played 90 minutes. Garnaccio and Palestri didn't even play at the weekend. I know they'll probably play in the cup. So does that mean I'd monitor them three and see who plays in the cup and whoever plays the least minutes, I'd probably be back into play in the Premier League the following week. Yeah, there's a lot of change in the United team. I, although they've got fixtures and, and picking up like a Dallo which I did at the weekend is actually a good shout but I wouldn't be too confident we said you have to play the fixture sometimes and although United against Burnley isn't, or wasn't as easy as it seemed on paper they got that clean sheet so if you picked up the likes of Dallow, we said Regal as well unfortunately he got injured good stuff I think Varane could be a good option back in this week Dallow actually had a very good performance in terms of stats as well he had two key passes two accurate crosses two accurate long balls and one big chance created so he'd probably be the pick of the defenders for me. And then if you want to go for a punt, probably Mount. I know he's probably not great in terms of statistics or positioning. But he'll be on the waiver. And Erickson didn't play at the weekend, will probably play during the week. So maybe if you think Mount's going to get back on the team, could be a punt. But with all that rotation up top, even Hannibal, I'd have Hannibal up more advanced than Mount. The only options for me are all the big ones for United. Bruno, Rashford, Highland, all will be taken. The only ones that you can take a punt on are the likes of them defenders, Lindelof, Varane, Evans, Dallow All of them could be on the waiver. And then if you're looking at Mount and maybe
1: Casemiro, they might play as well. Moving on to the Chelsea-Villa game. Villa came out, winners of this, 1-0. When I was watching this game and when I was doing a bit of research on it, on the Chelsea team particularly, I was like, what, what am I going to talk about? But looking back at it, there's nearly more to talk about in this team than any, any others. Particularly because of injuries, red cards, sus- yeah, suspensions. And them playing poor. And them playing, yeah, extremely poor. So I mentioned earlier, they haven't scored in three games. Now, their striker, Jackson, he is suspended. So that means Broya will be coming in to, uh, to play instead of Jackson. A few things to note about the game like Enzo I have nearly got an assist Sterling his finishing was poor Mudrick yeah nearly got an assist as nearly well. got an assist as well so it's like they're nearly there but they're not they're not finishing it they, they're just not clicking fully the opportunities are there for them, but it's not finishing so I wouldn't like how many chances we we, we said it when we watched the Chelsea game today how many times is Enzo going to have a chance yeah and
0: Enzo's racking up crazy numbers in terms of expected goals and just not finish any of them yeah. Sterling needs like He's like the Rashford A couple of years ago Needs five chances To score one And although he's getting In the right positions He's just not finishing them yet
1: So there's just, there's so many Question marks over Chelsea At the moment Uh their fixtures They've Brighton In the cup And then they have Fulham Burnley Arsenal And Brentford Their most Nailed player Conor Gallagher um, So he's Captain as well Played a full 90 minutes Played decent as well Yeah Played decent a few question marks as well, because Jackson is gone. Will Sterling play up top? Could he be a bit more valuable now that Jackson is injured? Will he be playing more attacking? Or he could play as a right wing back, as we said. Yeah, or as a right wing back. Gusto uh, got a red card, was very harsh. He'd studs up. Um, and then the question, what that brings, is Chilwell didn't start and he got a yellow card. So in we terms would- of Will we will we answer this now? We will leave Chile to the last last bit. We'll leave Chilwell to the end. So stay tuned to the end while we go in depth on Ben Chilwell. Moving on to the Arsenal or the Aston Villa team then. So yeah, Aston Villa look very very good, very exciting football. Diaby is sick. Love Diaby. Yeah, really want to get him in my team. So yeah, Watkins got his goal, first goal of the season for him. Oh, a few other things to note then Lucas Dean and Cash playing up very high as usual playing very attacking football Douglas Louise we said it last week and I've been saying it all year he's on pins but if he doesn't hit a penalty he get you a look out and that's exactly what happened last yeah, week
0: that's what you do with Douglas you play him if
1: he gets a penalty could return other than that we will probably get a one pointer yeah so I know some people picked him up because they seen oh he's on penalties but then, you see, this
0: happens. How often will they get? They'll probably get four or five, six penalties a year, max. Yeah. And so you're saying that he's a, a 5 in 38 chance at scoring. Now, obviously,
1: he has a chance yeah. in open play. but I think, talking about Aston Villa towards the end of the season, or traps of the season, I think Douglas Luiz is going to come into that That's category. That's a good shout. A few other things to note then. So, Zaniolo played 75 minutes had 0.39 expected assists and 0.41 expected goals now the big one with Villa now is Jacob Ramsey he's back he came on for Zaniolo Villa they're playing in the cup they're playing in Europe will we see more of Jacob Ramsey question at the end question at the end so there's two two big questions that we're going to go in more detail is Chilwell and Jacob Ramsey the last point I had was Martinez so Martinez had four saves um, at the weekend they're playing Brighton Wolves West Ham Luton, Forest so have good good fixtures high possibility of clean sheets and Martinez is fantastic keeper pull off saves so if you wanted to get a trade over he's probably not available yeah. but if you wanted to get a trade over for a goalkeeper possibly getting in the Martinez that's
0: shout Martinez had a, a couple of good years in FPL as well when he when he goes off he usually hauls yeah. Um, so yeah they have some of the best fixtures in the league over the next like six, seven game weeks. So yeah. Yeah, Mart- could a-
1: Mart- Martinez could be a bit, of, a bit of a
0: punt. I wouldn't say a punt. I'd say a f- great trade <laughs> yeah, i yeah, absolutely yeah. love him. If we move on to Brighton and Bournemouth. So Brighton, oh my God. Brighton, we said are the new city in all forms, in rotation and ability to score with short periods of time. They are also in Europe and they have a serious run of fixtures in terms of, of volume. Uh, in terms of productivity over the next five or six, not great. But after that, they have some very good fixtures: Chelsea in the cup, Villa, Marseille, Liverpool, City, Ajax. So the next six in the cup and in the uh, in uh, Premier League are very tough. After that, they have four very easy fixtures: Fulham, Everton, Sheffield, and Forest, with Ajax thrown in the middle of them in Europe. They've been probably very frustrating to own because there's a lot of rotation. The only good thing about Brighton is that we can nearly predict with some degree of certainty who's going to play because of midweek games. And he practically rotates a lot of the the midfield and the forwards. So let's say if Ansu Fati starts, we know that he's probably not going to start at the weekend or vice versa with Welbeck and Joe Pedro. So it's not as hard as it seems sometimes with Brighton because we can predict based on the midweek game who might start during the weekend and you can easily bench them. City of previous, you know, you don't know who's going to play, even if they've yeah. played it in, 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 during the week. So, yeah, they might be frustrating, but because they have them four very good fixtures and they're very attacking side, I, I'd like to keep them. I know they can be a headache in terms of benching, but they can be very fruitful when they actually play. Um, the usual back four played, um, Veltman, Webster, Dunk and for um, Verbruggen and Gold played, made two mistakes and could be in with a bit of a whipping mm. for Steel. So if you have Steele, I know he's on a couple of waivers because he's been rotating. Might get the nod over the weekend. I know he might not be a great asset in the next couple of fixtures, but if he gets the number one spot and you keep him on your bench for them four or five good fixtures, could be a nice pickup. They had obviously huge rotation up top. Three players um, came on. Fatty, Matoma, and Pedro. Fatty actually played very well. 0.67 XGI. One shot off target, one block, one big chance missed. I know he played a good part in matoma's first goal with that that uh, Dahoud flick on as well. Matoma obviously came on and lorded us two goals one after <laughs> within the first sicko. minute. He's yeah. a sicko. He's another player that only needs 20 30 minutes. Joe Pedro and Fatty might be the same. Hopefully as the season goes on we'll be able to predict their starting lineup in the Premier League a bit more with a bit more certainty and the better players might get that shout. Um in FPL I don't like when they all play in Europe and then we're left with the other players in FPL but they're all good picks it's just whether you want the headache of will I start them and will I bench them
1: yeah because if Matoma doesn't start his valuation might come down and then true and as you mentioned he only needs 20 minutes and he can get returns for you so if you do see Matoma is on someone else's team and he isn't getting as many minutes in the Premier League or if he's playing a lot of cup games or a lot of games in Europe he could be undervalued by someone else in, in, in your draft group, and then you could possibly get get him in a trade. Same
0: with uh, P- uh, Joe Pedro. I know a lot of people have been flicking him around in trades because obviously his minutes. But with Pascal Gross injured for the next game week or two, if Pedro's on the pitch, it's a penalty. Uh, he he takes it, and he might only need the twenty or thirty minutes on the pitch. So although they might be frustrating if you hold them, and they are more settled when you come to them for fixtures, they could be the winning and losing of a draft if we look at Bournemouth they play midweek as well they play Stoke but then they play at Arsenal after that they have three nice fixtures in a row Everton, Wolves and Burnley so if you are looking at getting in someone very early we'll talk about them on the watch list but Clivert played 64 minutes and played very well Christie is now playing in a number 10 role for Bournemouth and again played well got an assist now assist was kind of he won the ball back and gave it to Solanke he seems like the nail number 10 Tavenier played 63 minutes but has a serious whip on him. So if you're looking for someone that, let's say you're in a 14-man league or something like that, and you look at them, even less, if you look at them three fixtures, eight, nine, and ten, and you want someone that can whip a ball and let's say the likes of Clivert or Billing who played well, but deeper, if they're taken, Tavenier could be a good shout if you want someone on set pieces. As I said, he's an absolute whip and you know the likes of Billing, Solanke. they have a relatively big team. Could be a way into the Bournemouth side. Obviously, Solanke is the number one man for them. Um, I think he's four, five goals this season. 0.54 xG over the weekend. Two shots on target, one off target, one big chance missed. Bournemouth also are relatively okay at, at attacking this year. Twelve shots versus Brighton's thirteen, so they're not they're not the Bournemouth we've seen before in terms of fixtures. Yeah, they might be one to target offensively but for their own offense, there's a couple of options in there that if you want in for that eight, nine, 10, three fixtures in a row, there could be a way in. I wouldn't be putting them
1: crazy high priority, but at least there's options. Next up, we have the North London Derby. So Arsenal played Spurs at the weekend, points shared between the two sides. A bit to note um, on the Arsenal team first. So as you mentioned, Rice is flagged. So he came off after 45 minutes. Fabio Vieira came off after 45 minutes. I know there'd be two players you wouldn't really be looking at for returns in your team. Havertz has come in. Will we see him playing a bit more? Personally, looking on the Arsenal team, the main guys are Saka's, all the guards, and the back four seems nailed as well. They'll be, they'll be taken in most drafts. It'd be very hard to actually get into that Arsenal team unless you have those players. Main um, analogy from it is... Jesus played alongside Nkechia up top. Now with the injuries they have of Trossard out injured, Nkechia is more nailed now going forward. Looking at their fixtures then, they are playing in the Cup, they have Brentford, they're playing in Europe, they're playing Lens, And then in the Premier League, then they have Bournemouth, City, Chelsea and Sheffield. So if you are trying to get into that Arsenal team, back four would be very hard to get into. That's nailed. The only way I can see you possibly wavering in a player or trying to get a a trade in for an undervalued player, could be Eddie Nketiah and people would be very reluctant to give away to your likes of Saka or your Gabriel Jesus. I have to give a lot for them. Yeah,
0: Yeah, Jesus played with Nketiah but he's a bit more on the left hand side and came a bit deeper at times as well so maybe Jesus, while they have a couple of injuries and Nketiah is playing up up top, isn't the Jesus we thought he might be this season. I would actually hold off on, let's say, trading big for Jesus until Nketiah is benched, inevitably, and the likes of Martinelli or Trossard come back and Jesus plays fairly central. I thought
1: Jesus played a bit better. He
0: did play very well
1: the, the in the game, yeah. but in terms of goal threat. Yeah, in terms of goal threat, yeah, probably not. as For, for fancy football, yeah. he wouldn't be a great of an asset, but watching him, he looked fantastic. Moving on to the Spurs team now. So, Spurs, yeah, they're out of the cup already. They lost a full on penalties. So I'd say it was on purpose, man. I think so. Ange Ange knows what he's doing, so we'll we'll, we'll trust him. So yeah, Spurs they're out of the cup. They're not in Europe either, so a lot less to think about there. Uh, fixtures they do have Liverpool next, but after that they have Luton, Palace, Chelsea, and Wolves. Now it will be very hard to get some you want to get attacking returns for on the Spurs team you want to be trying to get some of their attacking players based on the fixtures likes matters he'll be gone son will be gone I'd love to get them in my team Kuliseski is probably the most nailed after those two guys and with attacking returns so he played 90 minutes the last day he had 0.78 expected goals 1.22 expected assists as well if I could I'd try get Kuliseski in the other Attacking returns that you could get with Brennan Johnson um, and Solomon, so they are rotating. Now Brennan Johnson has he picked up an injury from the weekend?
0: He picked up the hamstring injury that again, it, them muscular injuries, they could be a week, they could be three weeks. So I would monitor him. The interesting thing about Johnson is that he played left left midfield, and as we said before, majority of his positioning in Forest was up top or right wing. So I'm surprised to see him come in the left. Good for Kulusevski's stonks. Yeah, but and it would have been good for Johnson he played very well he should have banged yeah there was an unbelievable save by Raya and he actually had two good saves so if Johnson gets back fit and maybe now is a good time because he got that injury and he, I'm sure a lot of people picked him up he's still relatively available on the waiver so yeah maybe getting Johnson in early and hoping he gets back in the side and plays the same way he did against Arsenal could be a good shout yeah
1: I know he, we moved on to Spurs but yeah one thing to note: Raya is the keeper now for Arsenal. Played the last two games. Going to be playing in Europe, so it looks like yeah, Ramsdale is out of the spot at the moment. You never know; Arteta might do a bit more rotating. He did say he did say that he was going to trial rotating keepers even midway through a game. <laughs> yeah. um, as long as he does it after 60 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just to round up on Spurs, Kuleszewski, if I can, and then Brennan Johnson. He is undervalued at the moment, especially if he has a yellow flag over him. And Solomon has played well. So he, he's probably in with a shout this week. Well, Richarlison as well. Solis. Richarlison came on, but I don't think Richarlison will be coming on for Sun, I'd imagine, up top. So I think the left wing place is up for grabs between Solomon and Johnson. And if, if Johnson is still injured come the weekend, Yeah, well, they're playing Liverpool. So you'd be looking to get Solomon in for the Luton Palace and Chelsea
0: fixtures. Do you know who I was impressed with? And we had put up a post about him on Instagram, which was uh, Paro. Now, I know he's played very well this season, but he gave a ball through to Son, I think it was, and it was practically in a number 10 role, slipped it through the defenders. So he's getting up very high in the pitch. And it's not just like high and wide. He's getting actually central as well. We said it about Emerson Royale game week one. Paro is practically doing the same thing. So obviously... Um, uh, Udagi and Paro and all their defenders are good shouts, but if you had to pick your one of the back four, Paro would be a good long, long-term hold. I said on Instagram that he's up there with some
1: of the premium defenders this year. Yeah, and Vicario then in goals pull off some very, very good saves yeah, he's as well. Impressive. Um, against Liverpool, hoping, <laughs> hoping he pulls off some very good saves <laughs> again, and then they're very good run of fixtures. Spurs have been able to keep clean sheets this year as well. And with those uh, relatively easy fixtures of Luton, Palace, and Chelsea, with no Europe, with no Europe, you would be you'd be hoping for Carry to get some saves and get some clean sheet points as well.
0: On to our last game, which is Liverpool and West Ham. Liverpool came out three-one winners, and we had some rotation. They played Gomez at right back, which I was surprised at because um, he usually doesn't play well there. Played okay at the weekend. Matip got the nod over Kanate. So, does that mean Matip and Van Dijk are the two centre-backs once Trent comes back? I don't think Gomez will go back right-back. Matip and Van Dijk had a very good partnership throughout the year, so maybe that one will be the one. I actually think Matip is a better player, better player than Kanate um, on the ball, but it depends what sort of game. I know they, they changed a lot last year as well. Robbo obviously nailed right-back, or left-back, um, and on midfield, Sabajlai again, was a very influential player for Liverpool, with a good bit of stats. 0.45 expected goal involvements 4 key passes 1 shot off target and 2 blocked so still racking up them numbers from a relatively deep position for Liverpool McAllister must have been listening to the podcast because we tore him to shreds and he got an assist <laughs> I still wouldn't be looking to him uh, too much until his confidence you see his confidence coming back big time obviously that's a step in the right direction but it was a very good assist as well well it was a very good finish as well Yeah. you know yeah, so yeah, yeah, it, was, it was a good ball but Nunez made the most of it. Up top, I suppose this is where the biggest rotation is in Liverpool's team. I think the three best players and Liverpool play the best when they have Salah, Nunez and Luis up top. But I didn't think that's the way they were going to start because um, Luis Diaz played 90 minutes during the week. So I thought Jota or even Gakpo might come in there even though I think he's better than both of them. And that's the way it started. Salah, Nunez and uh, Luis Diaz. Nunez chaos and banged again what a goal Mm. 0.86 expected goals what a savage finish Uh, hit the post as well two big chances two big chances missed that's Nunez all all, all over always gets chances Um, again his minutes might be the issue but if he still plays like that I I can't see why they wouldn't start him up top because Gakpo is another option up top doesn't play well when he plays there who else is up top for them Jota or Jota. He has started up top at times. But. Uh, usually plays out on the left hand side. I think that's their best three. It's just the rotation. They play Leicester midweek. And they have. Two tough fixtures. Before they go into that nice run of fixtures. Spurs and Brighton. And then Everton. Toulouse. Forest, and Luton. So three very tasty fixtures in there. I'd like to think. Nunez will keep his spot. Jota. Although he only came on for nine minutes. This is Jota all over. Comes on. Bangs a goal. Nine minutes he played. So even if you have Jota. I wouldn't be too worried. Them Everton, Forrest, Luton fixtures, even if you think he's not going to start, I'd probably still start him. Mm. I've had him before where it's actually a relatively easy decision even though you think he won't start because you're like, well, it's worth a punt. Yeah. Them 20 minutes are as good as other players' 70 minutes. Gakpo, we have a question about Gakpo later on and I'll answer that. We talked about Gakpo last week and he didn't start either. So Gakpo probably for the bin but it depends on on who you're who you're interchanging with. We'll answer that question after this. So, for our best picks from Liverpool, they really don't change. I think if you want to go at the back, Matip might be available on the waiver. I think Gomez will be rotated out, obviously, when Trent comes back. I don't think he'll go into centre-back. Sabajlai, again, in, let's say, eight-man leagues, might be available, racking up good numbers and might be... Productive enough over them couple of fixtures. Um Nunez and Luis Diaz. I really like Luis Diaz. It's just his minutes. If his if he was nailed, I'd be I'd be chasing him. It doesn't look like it, even though I played 90 minutes, but all of them fixtures, I'd be weary enough of his minutes, especially with the likes of Jata and Gakpo. Inevitably going to play some minutes in that. Obviously, Salah. Yeah. Good. For West Ham. West Ham have a nice fixture coming up this week against Sheffield. They also play in Europe and midweek. They play Lincoln midweek. Sheffield, Freiburg, Newcastle, Villa, Olympiacos. So they have some tough fixtures coming up, but they do after that have very good fixtures. Everton, Brentford, Olympiacos again, Forrest and Burnley. So if you have a West Ham player and you see a couple of tough fixtures, don't worry because after that they have some great fixtures. Their team is also fairly, fairly set. You can nearly predict their starting 11. The only change might be kudos for Antonio. Antonio had a relatively poor game against Liverpool kudos only got 16 minutes but is next week the time for him to start we'll know a bit about him against uh, lincoln in midweek so if he starts midweek it might be the same thing again he gets rotated played very well midweek last week and banged a goal i think it's it's inevitable that kudos comes in there eventually only thing is that antonio suits the way west ham are playing because ward prouse is so good at free kicks that if they lump it up to Antonio, he's a strong player. He can he can play off uh, centre back and possibly win a corner. Mm-hmm. And a corner a corner for West Ham is like a free kick. Because WarPro we said it all year it's easy to see. War is just so good. And they're a very big, big side. Everyone has aerial threat. Paqueta, um, Zuma, Aguard, um Suchek, mm-hmm. all of them are big players that are
1: good with their head, even Antonio. Yeah. So, Antonio did miss a header at the weekend and should should have scored it as well. Um, like it was put on a plate from headed it wide. It was a chance that I, I wouldn't think Antonio would miss. Maybe it yeah. was one one in a fifty chance that he does miss these ones, but he did he did miss one at the weekend. So that so, could be that could give kudos to. A nudge. Yeah, yeah, A little nudge. I I think it depends on how Kudos plays and does
0: he hold that ball up. I don't think Moyes went. If it starts to go his way, he he doesn't like to change things. He likes to. He likes to play the way that it works for him and playing with the prowse dead ball and then big players, that could be West Ham's best asset. Obviously, Bone balling out, if you got him, fantastic. ward bawling balling out, um, always up for an assist. He's just a pick and stick, doesn't matter who he plays. Paqueta is playing left wing um, or left-sided midfield, we'll say. 0.17 XGI, one key pass, one big chance. But the player I'd be looking at is because he'll probably be on waivers is Suček. And exactly for the reason I said Ward Prowse whipping ball in. Suchek had a great chance of a header. I think he had a couple of chances over the weekend. If you look at his stats, I know he got whipped after 74 minutes, but he had a 0.47 XGI, one key pass, one big chance created, one shot on target, one shot off target, one shot block, and one big chance missed. So Suchek is racking up all them numbers. We've seen it before previous seasons where he can actually convert them with War prowse there I think it's a perfect mix with all them big big physical players in that West Ham side I think that's going to work well for them in
1: the future final game of the weekend (laughs) finally, final game we're here was Newcastle against Sheffield Newcastle banged 8 past them and 8 different goal scorers as well, I won't go through all of them Newcastle do have some tough fixtures all coming up. They have City in the Cup and they have Burnley in the league and then they also have PSG in Europe. So this is going to be something that we'll have to monitor because similar to Brighton, what we've seen is what team they, they have playing in Europe, whatever rotation they have, they'll, they'll play the other players in the Premier League then. So the likes of Isaac and Gordon and Tenali, these three guys, they didn't start the last day. Now Gordon did come on for the injured Harvey Barnes, balled out as well. Balled out as well, yeah. So if if the likes of Isaac plays in Europe, and you have question marks, oh, will Wilson play? I'd be starting Wilson if Isaac does play in in Europe. Similar to well, now that Barnes is injured, Gordon would be playing in in the league as well. Tenali, if he plays in Europe, the likes of longstaff and anderson these players will be available are more valuable especially playing in the premier league as well if you've anderson who did get returns at the weekend in the premier league they're playing burnley west ham crystal palace and wolves so if you are trying to get into the newcastle team for these very good run of fixtures and you're looking at players who will be getting minutes the likes of anderson and longstaff and Callum wilson could be shouts to get into this team but what you need to monitor is who plays in Champions League because if, as, if if I mentioned Isaac, Gordon, Penale if they play in Europe then the other three guys should be playing in the Premier League should be should be finally then Sheffield yeah not, Bags. not much to say on them their fixtures are West West Ham Fulham United and Wolves they're, they're, although they're, they're, they lost 8-0 they're actually not that
0: that that bad but I would not be going anywhere near any other players Archer is probably the only
1: person yeah. that you could rely on yeah but I like West Ham will score against them West Ham defence is pretty solid as well um, Fulham will probably score against them Fulham will probably score as well it so you know, yeah. will probably lose yeah <laughs> unfortunately for Sheffield we don't have much to say on you at the moment sorry Sheffield catch us next week we might <laughs> we might have a bit more
0: on to our questions so as I said, you've sent in a couple of questions and we will develop on them and give it a bit more in detail. Some are relatively easy, some are a bit more difficult. First one up is Wissa versus Wilson. Now, if we break this down into fixtures and, and game time, in the next 10 game weeks, five out of the 10 have two on an FDR. So when I say like five out of 10, what I mean is five out of them 10 fixtures have a, a rating of two FDR fixture difficulty rating on FPL. I'll be talking about that a lot when I compare players to players. Wissa is nailed in the minutes and we thought after a couple of game weeks Wilson wouldn't be but now we're seeing this trend of Wilson starting in the Premier League as we said and Isaac starting in the Champions League. For me, Wilson has scored four goals. Wissa hasn't returned since them first two game weeks. Wilson has scored two off the bench and two when he's starting so it shows that they don't have it doesn't make much of a difference if he he starts or if he um, is benched. Five out of them 10 fixtures for Newcastle are two FDR but they are the better side. Newcastle look very confident it looks like they can score at any opportunity. It's obvious after 8-0 but they've looked like that all season.
1: And that anyone can score eight different scores so it doesn't matter who well I know Sheffield were very poor at the weekend but the likes of Botman, he's, he banged. Bruno Gunmar is banged as well. So there are players there that can all over the pitch. All that, over the pitch. and get returns. And so
0: like the likes of Gordon playing well and Almiron playing well help Wilson. And then the last thing is Wilson has penalties. So even if he does play for them 20 minutes and they get a penalty, he's likely to score. So on that one, probably going to go Wilson. We'll reference this trade... Um, I don't know if it's a trade or if it's a waiver. We'll reference it when we're talking about Chilwell because it's very important that we note we're going Wilson over Wissa in game week seven. Our second one is Amduni versus Cunha. So six out of 10 for Amduni on the FDR and five out of 10 for Cunha. Both of them are getting similar minutes. Round 60, 70 minutes getting whipped. Amduni getting whipped. Cunha getting whipped for Fabio Silva or whoever is, Uh, it depends on on The team obviously the red card influenced that last week. They both have relatively tough fixtures for Burnley with the better, obviously aren't um, a great side, but they aren't that bad attacking. We said that when we talked about United, they actually had a better XG than United. So, Amduni, although he plays for Burnley, isn't the worst shout. He is more nailed because of Foster's red card, but that's very short term. Cunha's a very good player, but he doesn't look like a striker, it's very quick and works for the team but he doesn't look like he's going to finish a load of chances and although asked me a couple of game weeks ago I would have loved Cunha I'm probably going to go Amduni here because in the next 12 games 8 out of them 12 are 2 on the FDR whereas Wolves are only 5 and again they don't look like the best attacking side Wolves they've been like this for a couple of years where they can't seem to score Neto is the only person and that's the only thing going for Cunha is that Neto is playing really well and he's putting on a plate for some players but for me, I'd actually rather Amdouni because I know I can start him and if they're playing a tough fixture, I know I can bench him. When you have a player from a slightly better team, not that Wolves are any good, it's harder to decide if you're going to bench him or not. Amdouni Burnley, I think it's like, you know, plays
1: a top team, even if he returns, it's an easy decision. Yeah, if Wolves are going to score, Neto is going to be involved, but will Neto have to do everything. Yeah. Will Neto, like what he did, will he have to run half to pitch to score for Wolves? We were thinking of the same thing about
0: Palace. Eze is their main man. If Eze doesn't get involved, it doesn't look like they're going to score. There's a big pressure on Eze's shoulder this year because he's racking up numbers. And we compared to Zaha. Zaha carried Palace for years, always returning. Okay, when you have him, he doesn't. But, yeah. you know, in general, he racks up the numbers over the season. Eze is going to have to do that this season. Is Neto going to be the same? Is all this going to rely on Neto's shoulder? If it does, it's going to hinder Cunha because Burnley actually play decent enough football and and goals could come from a couple of different places. So there we're going to go Amdouni. Next one is a fairly simple one. Bernardo Silva or Odegaard long-term? We could go into the details here. I think Odegaard, captain, nailed, absolute baller, will probably play most games. Bernardo Silva is currently injured, Rotation risk for City. I know he can haul on any given day. But long term, I think it's a
1: fairly simple decision. I I think if you put a pole up there, it'd be a landslide. And with Arsenal's injuries at the moment as well. Rice uh, could be out injured. Havertz, um, Fabio Vieira came off. Um, Trossard, Martinelli. Jorginho didn't play well either. Jorginho had a, a stinker. So... I can see like Arteta doesn't have the squad depth to be rotating Odegaard. Arsenal actually need him in their team, whereas City, they can rotate Bernardo Silva if they like.
0: And by by the time Bernardo Silva comes back from injury, you're hoping that the likes of Kovacic and Rodri will be back from suspension. So it's not like, oh, everyone's out, now Bernardo Silva will play. Probably when Bernardo Silva comes back, a couple more players will come back as well. So Odegaard on that one. This one was sent in by FPL Quinner, a good mate of mine and an absolute savage FPL player, 14th in the world two years ago, or was it last year? Um, And he sent in one of the best phrases I've heard, draft or daft, Jacob Ramsey. We had a question about Jacob Ramsey, I think two weeks ago, and it still really hasn't changed. He came on for a cameo in that kind of left-centre-mid position that we thought he'd play. Didn't play too bad. And he asked, asked, should he waiver him in? Now I don't think it's the worst decision in the world but when we break it down and look at all the players that play for Villa in that kind of midfield role Zaniolo started, Bailey comes on I know he's a bit more of a right winger McGinn is kind of nailed, Diaby's balling out and I think Jacob Ramsey's a fantastic player and will expect to get back in that team full time maybe take a Douglas Luiz or Kamara's spot but for now the likes of players that we mentioned like DeCorey and a couple of these midfielders are probably better picks for the next 2 or 3 game weeks like you can play the draft game week to game week, and although yeah Jacob Ramsey might be a good player, a long term hold, but you're probably have to going to go through a couple of game weeks of being rotated and um, not returning to eventually w- w- then you eventually to come to him being a good player like he was um, last year and the year before. But for now, I probably go with a bit more of a punt, exciting player with a good fixture, and then if Jacob Ramsey comes to fruition and he's still on the waiver you can pick him up if you like the look of him. But there's no point going
1: crazy early on him. Yeah, because if you take a risk and go with Jacob Ramsey now, you'll be monitoring him for two two or three game weeks. You I, you wouldn't be starting him. You'd have him on your bench seeing if he's gonna be racking up points and then you might be able to play him for like the West Ham, Luton and Forest run. But as Nosey mentioned, there's much better nailed players that you can get in now and rather than having uh Ramsey just sitting on your bench Taking up a spot,
0: and I suppose you have to look at it over, let's say, five game weeks. Let's say Ramsey comes on the next day, then starts, doesn't return, then returns. That's over three game weeks, and he gets I don't know ten point no eight points over three game weeks. Well, if you got a rotate midfielder in and you just got it right, you could have a lot more of them points with three different players every game week. Now it might not always happen, but I think it's a better better strategy rather than holding a player seeing will he play especially when we when he's just coming back from injury and we don't know a nail team I'd rather go to a player that I know is going to play 90
1: minutes and has a chance against a poor team and with Europe and with the cup and with everything there's so much rotation going on you can't you can't have even on your bench you can't risk a player not playing That's or a true, player yeah. coming on and getting a few minutes because players on my bench I think my my first sub nearly comes on every game week so you can't risk Ramsey being on your bench and you could potentially come on and just get you one point. Yeah. So it's too much of a risk to even have him sitting on your bench to only get maybe one point for a cameo appearance. So draft or daft, we think
0: you're a daft winner. <laughs> Watch Ramsey bang. Yeah. <laughs> uh, second last question, Broja versus Gakpo. Um, without going into crazy detail here because we could spend a long time on this. In the next 10 games, Broja has three out of 10 FD or two. Gakpo has six now problem is Gakpo is playing deeper rotation risk and playing poor Broja is just back from a long term injury Jackson is suspended so he probably will get in over the next game or two but Chelsea <laughs> we don't know what the story is with Chelsea so we have the thing is we have a lot of information on Gakpo six weeks of information doesn't help his his. Doesn't uh, help his case no it doesn't help his case Broja probably a better option because he's going to play as a striker rather than deep but we have very little information. Or will Sterling be playing as a striker? Sterling could be playing as a striker. So, there's a lot of things up in the air for these two players. If I had to pick, I'd probably pick Broja. Because, yeah, he could be a short-term punt. If he bangs, someone might want him. Maybe he is the, the, the key that changes Chelsea. Gakpo, we own him. We traded him out, and he's not a nice player to own. Yeah, he scored that one goal, but he didn't play well that game. And, yeah he might be rotated for Liverpool but I wouldn't like to hold him long term because I don't know when he's going to start and even if he does start he hasn't looked impressive so far
1: and the likes Chelsea they have had chances like I mentioned earlier Mugger could have gotten assist Enzo could have gotten assist is Brogia going to be the one that's going to be able to finish these final piece of the puzzle Like, yeah. I'm not saying he is but you know maybe it's something that Chelsea
0: need to kickstart their season if I had to I said I'd pick Brogia but what I'd probably do is look to other players I have a couple of players down here that I'd probably want over both of them long-term. Amdouni, we mentioned him. Morris, I know they play for poor teams, but again, they're nailed and they've chances to score. DCL, just coming back, could be a punt. Solanke, obviously, banging goals this season. And Wilson, if all of these five players I'd have over both of them. But if you had to pick, hopefully Brogia starts this week and bangs against Fulham. Our final question, Chile, Chilwell. Big question on him last week as well. Chili. so we said last week you should hold because he's at a very, very low value. Well, if he was at a low value last week, he's at an all-time low this week. Now, if you own him, you're probably sick of him. You thought you are going to get a fantastic asset this year, and he just has not worked out at all. You're probably very tempted to trade him, but the problem is you're probably going to get very little for him. Who who are you going to trade? I talked about this with Jackie during the week, and Jackie says, I wouldn't want him in my team. So like, who, unless you're putting like trading for a potential waiver which is essentially like put him on the waiver well then I would hold and I know it's probably a frustrating decision to make but why I said I, I'd reference the Wilson Wissa trade at the end is because I have three players down here that you probably got frustrated with but hold holded for a couple of game weeks and held it, held. <laughs> <laughs> held for a couple of game weeks and um, and it worked out Wilson, after game week two, if you wanted Wilson or Wissa, no way would you take Wilson. Uh, and Wilson, we or Wissa, we said, is a massive trade value. Highest scoring striker in FPL, but you wouldn't trade him for Haaland because he was way inflated. But Wilson was way deflated and real low value. And now he is a great pick. Eze didn't return for a couple of game weeks. And the, I traded him um, for Son. So... I got a son for him because Eze um, was playing poor, San was playing poor, I was fed up with him and I wanted to trade him. He returned. Now obviously San was a better pick, but if you actually get frustrated with players and, and sell them at their lowest point, they could come back to haunt you because as I said, the only way is up after yeah. them at the real low. Gabrielle was another question we had a couple of weeks ago and we said the only two options are cut your losses or get or or hold and held and now he's in the team you have an Arsenal starting defender so although it's frustrating the problem is that you get very little for Chilwell right now and the only thing you can do is hold and hopefully Chelsea realise they need him at wing back um, we've had a couple of red cards for Chelsea so Gusto's um, suspended Jackson's out maybe they realise okay Chilwell has to play left wing back this week so could come in and we know at Chilwell that if not really always his clean sheets that we're relying on It's the attack and return So Yes they have some Very tough fixtures Coming up But Chilwell could be In there with assist yeah.
1: Corners Free kicks He's so undervalued At the moment Because he has not been playing And when he did play He's after getting yellow cards But in previous seasons As you mentioned he's, he's so much for attack And return So his ceiling is Very high as a player So that's why If you keep, if you have him in your team With the suspensions And with yeah, With the red cards For Chelsea Chilwell yeah, He has to come in At some stage yeah, has to come in and it's frustrating because you're looking at them
0: fixtures even if I was offering a player for Chilwell I've been looking at the fixtures and said, Jesus I don't know if it's even a great trade full stop so like as I said you're not going to get much off people unless they're seeing through some serious cracks and saying no Chilwell's going to be a, a, a good player he's at an all time low it's probably a bad time to get rid of him because you're getting rid of him for nothing if you're so sick of him and you really don't want to look at him or have that headache grand but if you want to maximise his value I'd hold long term and if he even rises a small bit in value and then you want to get rid of him grand but if you're getting rid of him now you're practically just getting rid of
1: an empty player and yeah. keep putting him on the waiver yeah, the, one of the worst things you could do is getting rid of a player when they're like valued at zero
0: yeah because it, it's the most it's the, it's the thing you want to do you're inclined to do it because you think well they're value nothing yeah but well they're going to have to rise somehow Yeah, somehow maybe he mightn't but it's
1: worth taking a chance and if you keep him and if he returns even if he returns next week his valuation will go right back up again and then you can trade them yeah yeah exactly he know he mightn't go back up to
0: the heights that we thought he was until chelsea get a good run of fixtures but again all time low bad time to sell i had a trade this week and it was jackson versus edward and like with another player in it and i have thought about it for a second and i was like hold on no i'm getting done here because jackson's at an all time low and edward's at an all time high so that player is saying like, okay, I'm going to take advantage of Ed- Edward's big value and get Jackson when he's lowest. And if you look at a trade like that, that's probably a bad time to take a trade because then things could switch in two game weeks. You always kind of want to look at trades where it's a bit of a toss up. If you find you're getting rid of someone at the lowest value, um, it could be a bit of a trap. And if you're seeing someone, which I often do, trade when the player is at their highest value after they just scored, it could be an inclination that the player thinks that they're hitting their high peak and they're on the way down. So, unfortunately, it might be a tough decision, but probably have to hold Chilwell just because he's so load-valued and you will get very little for him. As always, we love to hear the questions and the dilemmas. We get to think about them and it kind of makes our decisions clearer in draft and in normal FPL, so keep them coming. If you are listening this far, thank you very much. Tuesday, sorry, Thursday's episode will be our waivers, in-depth waivers. All the information we've gathered from today's podcast, we will condense it down, pick some waivers, and then Friday's episode will be an update on injuries and hopefully a small bit of a team prediction based on waivers and midweek games. So, as always, thank you very much for watching. Draft Duo out. Boom! (laughs)